Are you tired of all the dating games, rules, and societal norms that make falling in love confusing and stressful? Then join us as we ditch the script and empower you to establish healthy, conscious relationships. This weekly podcast breaks down popular dating reality television and educates you on healthy versus toxic dating habits. I'm Brianna, a licensed therapist. And I'm Alex, a trauma-informed and certified narcissist recovery coach. Are you ready to ditch the script? try that again hi yeah. <laughs> yeah I was I forgot what time it was <laughs> yeah when your dance party is so good you lose track of time yeah it was right in the I was doing the shopping, shopping cart. cart yeah mm-hmm. you were I appreciated mm-hmm. it I put you one did. back you did. oh you put mm. one back yeah, yeah I put I'll one back I said no, that's too I'll expensive yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it hi friend how are you hey I'm good Ooh, I've had so many baby snuggles it's been so nice yeah, how are, are your you? ovaries on fire now they're tired oh I'd ovaries say. are tired you know that's yeah. good you take a little nappy poo ovaries yeah bye you bye. just take a nap you, you just take up. a nap bye yeah. bye yeah um they are they are like there's something I don't know. Actually, I'm on a pretty strong hormonal birth control, so it's hard to tell if I'm actually getting any like vibes because I feel like there's so much interference. Mm. Um, but if let's let's assume that my body, my uterus, and I are actually hormonally connected, I don't know if we are. If we were, I, there's definitely like a feeling that I get when I'm around these tiny little babies, where I'm like, oh, this is so nice i feel so wonderful being connected to this little little baby this vulnerable being that like is just only needing like safety and nurturing and i'm watching them get that provided to them or i'm assisting in providing that and it just feels really good to the person to to being a human being and i also have like a little bit of a clock where i'm like gotta go yeah Got a blast. Tap out. Yeah. So they're tired. They're like, they've went through like an emotional hormonal roller coaster. Yeah. Okay, cool. And now, how about you? I'm good. You've clocked out. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just over here living my hottest desert life ever. I thought you were just going to stop at hottest life. Yeah. I mean, also hottest life ever. I have a cough coming up. So give me two seconds. Yeah. <clears throat> I gave her the, the the baby micro version of her cough. Okay, thank you. You're um welcome. yeah, I'm I'm doing my thing. Um and it's going. It's going. And Jax is thriving, aren't you little bubs? And I don't really have much to report back. I <laughs> Okay, I have like a tiny little like fantasy dream. Okay, tell me. I want to cut my hair so bad. How much cut it? Like pixie like cut? Like a lot of it. Not quite a pixie, but there's something okay. called, uh, there's something that's like surfacing the internet called a bixie, which is sort of a cross between like a bixie, uh, sorry, a pixie cut and a bob. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking it up right now. Ooh. So 
it would it's sort of like long-ish in the back but it's like quite at the at the like neck um and like i i would love maybe some like baby bangs and stuff to do like stuff like fun stuff to do with like my hair um but it's such a big change and while i am no stranger to cutting my hair in lots of kooky different ways i do know that not all of them look good on me Mm. (laughs) and i would love to care less about what i look like and how it feels like i'm perceived but i'm a human being and i'm a libra son first and foremost and i care about how i present in the world and i have to like it i don't necessarily need it to be well received by others so much but i have to like it I, like i feel like i'm still looking for a haircut that feels like me i get that yeah i so get yeah. that um i just googled what a big c is so yes yeah. i was taking what do you peek. think i think it looks super cute yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. Um, do you have a wig shop in your area anywhere? Oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. nervous though. Wi- like wigs can sometimes look like I mean, they're they could be great wigs. Yeah. Um, and then it doesn't look like you've put on like a costume. But I just worry that You know what I need to do? I need to huh. like I really trust I really trust my hairstylist to do something like this. This is like what he specializes in doing like really fun kind of edgy it. a little bit yeah. alternative cuts. Yes. And I think I should schedule a haircut, go talk to him and be like this is ideally what I what I want and I actually really want your input like either how do we make this really fit like my the my my features, my face, the size of my forehead, like I really want the nitty gritty of your expertise, your level of genius, and me receiving your thoughts. Don't beat around the bush. I want to hear what you want to say. And and if and if it feels like I'm not happy with what's being suggested because it just like wasn't it, like what I was thinking, I'll note it and be like, let's just do the cut that we do yeah. and get on out of here. Word. And I'll think about it. I'll marinate. There you go. That's great. Yeah, good plan. I bring up the wig thing because for two reasons. When I was when I used to be performing in the theater world and I had to wear a wig all the time, it really let mm. me play with like different colors of hair. So for example, I would go darker over lighter mm. um, because it makes my eyes pop a lot. And I only know that because of wearing Wigs. a straight dark brown black wig. Yeah, back and forth. Wow. Um, the other thing is, is I don't wow. know if you remember this, but right before I got my bangs, I like flipped my hair up and like bobby pinned it to play with like, yeah. what would it look like if I did have bangs? And so I don't know, like, I'm all about that. I'm all about like, find fun ways to like play, to play, to play and play. figure it out. And speaking of haircuts, I can't wait to get mine cut this Thursday. She needs yeah. a refresh. I'm so excited. I know, but I love your haircut. It does Me feel too. like you. Does it? Does, does yours yes. feel like you? Yes. I feel like I finally did find a hairstyle that worked for me after looking yeah. high and low. So I'm excited to get it refreshed and back to its like standard self. But I'm also excited for you to find your look. Your look. Yeah. I'm 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 having a hard time, if I'm honest, like pulling the yeah. trigger, which I've never had in the past. In the past... I had the idea and I was like, oh, I want a pixie cut or I want to like cut my hair all off or I want to do something crazy or I want to like dye something. And I would just book the appointment and do it. I'm having this 
like weird femininity crisis. Oh, crisis is a strong word. It's it's dating men that is making it hard for me to let go of long hair. Now, if anyone's listening to this, I want you to know the thing that you're trying to shout at me, I already know. I already know it. Which is like, is that like, first of all, if there, if, if, if I'm only man, like maintaining hair to like, to be, to be perceived as attractive to men, absolutely not throw the whole thing out. Yeah. You know? And by the way, men, there will always be men that find you not. Attra- Look at the comments I just got. Someone called me a ugly <laughs> ass. Something. I saw that. It was like, do you have eyes? I'm sorry. Do you have eyes? I couldn't and believe that. And a stupid that. ass female. And I, I literally laughed. I was, I, I was like rolling on the floor yesterday. Anyway, this isn't about that. This is about your haircut. I did. I, I, I did see you. that. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, yeah. That and like do what you want like this is my hair this is my head this is my body this is my stuff like like it's important for me to like what I look like and how I feel before I put the needs of others I'm just reconciling with the fact that like this is also at the same time I'm I'm grappling with conditioned beliefs you know like I'm just I'm just a human being and I happen to identify as female and I happen to be struggling with what that means as far as my presentation goes and how the world receives it the world Mm -hmm. receives me differently with long hair and I fucking hate that that's true I fucking hate that shit and it Mm -hmm. is and it's really irritating yeah and I like and we can sit here and be like throw it out do what you want, which you should. You absolutely should do what you want. But I'm not going to be told that like people don't get treated differently when they when they look outside of beauty standards because they do. I fit in many beauty standards, so I don't even live the experience of what that what that feels right. like outside of. Um, but of the of the moments where I have made some cosmetic changes or some aesthetic changes where I am in outside of beauty standards, especially when I play with like masculine, uh, like clothing and things like that, I am treated very differently and it is very real. And I can feel like, Oh, like doesn't not a big deal. I love how I look, which is still true. And it is, there's a part of you that, that wrestles with that inside that is like, mm, sad face, sad face. Cause we do want to be accepted even if we don't live in a totally accepting culture and world. Mm, got you. Yeah. 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 Thanks for letting me like get that out. Let it out. Let it out. I also want to remind everybody about Scarlett Johansson and Jennifer Aniston's Bob pixie cut phases. And they were still hot as shit and made a, you know, Mm. it's like, it's kind of like, first of all, I want to acknowledge the duality of these feelings and simultaneously, like, there's always going to be somebody that thinks something that we don't want. Yeah, totally. So totally it's like, fuck, like, let's just do it anyway. And by the way, I cut my hair in a bob once. Did you know this? I cut my <laughs> hair in an A-line bob and it mm. looked awful. It looked awful mm-hmm. because it accentuated mm-hmm. my larger nose, which is above not a beauty standard type nose. I looked like Barbara Streisand Streisand, (laughs) in a way. And which, by the way, beautiful (laughs) woman who actually can rock the pixie cut. It did not do me justice. When was this? When did you do this? When did you do this? 2015. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and yeah, and I still, even though I look at those pictures and I'm, I can recognize like the wasn't the best haircut for me, we still were able to attract boys. Yeah, I've had tons of really bad haircuts, if I'm totally honest. It, and it comes with the price of being so, at least in my youth, being so my youth. like care, carefree. Yeah. So carefree about what my, I was like, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this and I want to do that. This is the other thing. I get yeah. told with long hair, it's, it, 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 it's, it's also other women. They're like, but you have such beautiful hair. Ugh. A lot of this pressure I get from other women. And it'll be beautiful short or whatever the fuck, medium length, curly, frizzy, long. Well, that's what I'm trying to, it's like, that's what I'm trying to tell people. Not that I have to justify it, but it's like, you're like, you're complimenting me about my beautiful hair, my long hair. My hair is, way. yeah, my hair is also, and I know we're going on about hair for a really long time, but there, there, there's layers <laughs> to this stuff. But like, but my hair, like, honestly, when I say this stuff to like my mom, I'm like, you're complimenting like my long hair being beautiful because I have beautiful hair. Like my hair is just good. And I take, I take pride in that my hair is good and manageable. Like stop putting the the goodness of it just on the length which is just, which is so tied yes. to femininity. Yes, love that. Also, I want to share something that's related to this but a, a step further down the mental health tunnel. And here's cool, what I let's mean. Let's go. Just when as we, we do. Yeah. When we are babies, right? When we come into this world and at our earliest stages, we are the most brave, we are the most curious, we are the most full of life and happy because no one has jaded us yet. No one has been like, mm -hmm. it's hard to make money if you, you're not feminine, <laughs> if you don't wear a dress in pink and purple. <laughs> and you, like, all of that is literal society and people, our earliest mm -hmm. parents and caregivers and babysitters and teachers who say, project all of these things onto us. It's like, I, this is why I love like you have you seen those like videos of little kids meeting trans people for the first time and they're like I yeah. think you're beautiful yeah because they yeah. haven't had the conditioning shoved down their throats that mm -hmm. someone else is weird or not okay or not except like whatever the right. fuck adjective you want to put in there right if right. they aren't x y or z they're just you're a human and i love you because you're a human you just are right it's yeah like, you're nice to me you're kind to me you speak to me basic human like, decency yeah yeah yeah, yeah what yeah, do we really yeah. value at the end of the day everybody like we we were born on this planet to live a full life and to actually like love ourselves and through that love other people and i am so sick and tired of societal bullshit and religious bullshit sorry i'm gonna say it and every other kind of and form of bullshit that tells you you need to fit in this box or this hole to be x y or z i'm over it live your life do whatever you want cut your hair if it's not great it'll grow back take it from me right like it's just just do it just do it if it's gonna Period. make you happy if it's gonna make you feel more like you if you're feeling like wearing sweats today so be it tomorrow you can wear the skirt like no one cares we need to stop mm -hmm. caring and we need to stop mm -hmm. telling these wonderful babies that uh that they that things are going to be hard or whatever like i'm, I'm so over it sorry period <laughs> period period like, absolutely period oh uh, yeah okay thanks for letting me know no, i'm everybody. with you
You're welcome. And to just close that out, Florida is so fucking hot. I cannot have hair this long, which is truly like, like your yours and my hair is like quite similar in length at this stage. And it's like down all the way to the like middle of my back. Like, yeah, like it's, it's too, it's long and it's hot as fuck. And I can't fucking, if I have to feel this shit on my neck one more day, I'm actually going to take the kitchen scissors to my own hair myself. I swear. And y'all don't want me to do that because I am not an artist. Have you? When did you do All that? The, when did you do that? Also as a child. I gave myself a mohawk as a child. <laughs> Third grade. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I had yeah. to put a, a side pony with the remaining hair to try and cover it up so it grew out. <laughs> Aww. Know? You know, it's very yeah. humbling. It, yeah. um, I love my hair. Hair, hair stories. Hair stories. Okay. Um, we are here yeah. to talk queer. Ultimate. Yeah, I love that. Hell yeah, let's go. I'm excited yeah. for this next episode. I want oh. to say one really amazing thing that overall I want to give to everybody on this show right now. Mm-hmm. They model consent way better, way better than any other show. For the most part. True. We have one episode of that's a little gray area or one situation that's mm. a gray area, but for the most part, there's a lot of, are you okay with this? What are you not okay with? How do you like this? This is how I want you to know I'll accept you for this, this, and that. Like, there's a lot of those combos, and I really love Good them. modeling. Good modeling yeah. in that regard, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Because other, there's been so many other shows where that is not the case. Yeah. This is our first um, episode of Ditch the Script in Pride Month this year. Mm. And we're talking about a queer show. So, Amazed. thank God. Happy Pride. Happy um, there's this there's this meme going around and I'm sure it's been done by a bunch of other people but I do like it I'm gonna bring it up here that says I hope all of the homophobes have a really uncomfortable month yes me too yeah <laughs> um okay so where we're at in queer ultimatum ultimatum queer love is we're covering the third and fourth episode today and what we see last is like just the beginning of people pairing off into their trial experiences. And what we come to find is we already knew that Yoli and Xander chose each other. And yep. we knew that Vanessa was choosing Ray, but we didn't know how Ray was responding and we didn't know anything about anyone else. Yeah. And, um, okay, let's continue this. And then I want to piggyback off. I want to come back to something you just said. So we're going to go. Okay, great. Ray chooses Vanessa back okay Aussie chooses oh what Mm -hmm. this is where I want to say my thing but then Vanessa goes off on this whole speech saying thanks for choosing me before I choose you it was really I know why I know I know why she said that can you explain that to me because I got confused she because she's saying thanks for choosing me before I choose you because for her she didn't want to feel she didn't want to feel like she was chosen just to spare her embarrassment oh got you Okay, she's cool. like, Thank thanks you. for, thanks for, I'm glad that you chose me. Oh, that's right. We, Vanessa hadn't chosen Ray yet. It was just like up to Ray. Um, Vanessa didn't want to be put in this place. I think Vanessa struggles with a lot more insecurity than she presents herself to. Oh my and, gosh. Yes. 
So I think for her, these are one of these moments where it's like, I don't want to look stupid. 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 I'm comfortable with everyone else looking stupid, but I don't want to look stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So moving on. Next. Okay. Then Aussie chooses Mildred. Mildred chooses Aussie. I was surprised about this. We kind of talked about that in the last one. Sam chooses Tiff and Tiff chooses Sam. And Mal and... Uh, Lexi. Mal and Lexi chose each other, and I can't remember if that happened in the episode prior or this one, no, but that's where one. we are. Yeah. Okay. Yay. And those are the couples. Everyone recoupled. Everybody recoupled. Why? Uh, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, does the show force them to do that? Or no, not? they don't, because they they didn't do that on the first show. I know, but two I'm couples didn't recouple. Okay, all right. If they're like, you have to. I also wonder if there's kind of, kind of like what we were saying last week, like they don't want to be the one, the only one that doesn't couple, so they're just like choosing people to be with to like make their ex feel some Mm -hmm. kind of way. I'm curious Mm -hmm, to know if that's mm -hmm, happening. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I also want to say the thing that makes me the most uncomfortable doing during these like weird dinner parties where they're choosing the new person in front of their current partner of like three four years is this whole like speech they give that's like uh i'm quoting i don't know who i'm quoting oh i think i'm quoting lexi but it's they say like i know you better than 99 percent of the people in this world and it's just like oh my god you're saying all these like really intense like things to someone that you've just met in front of your other ex it's just weird you know what i mean like i can only imagine how much that hurts and then you throw these people into rooms to now be together and they kind of are like they're bonding over a traumatic experience i don't want to say it's a trauma bond Mm. but they've all been like they've all witnessed their partner of three or four years be like i care about you so much and i'm excited to see where this goes and you're just like sitting there with a dagger in your heart and you're like okay well i'm gonna pick you and i'm excited to see where this goes and then they all get in a room they all get in a room there they get in the room with their new partner and they start bonding over the fact of how miserable they feel Right. It's not funny, actually. It's really fucked up. I agree. And I actually feel like the only person that we saw, and it's weird that I'm about to say this, but the only person that we saw have what that. feels like, yeah, what feels like an actual human reaction to how I think a lot of us would have felt in that situation was Tiff. Do I think that Tiff's behavior is model behavior? Absolutely not. No. But Tiff was like honest and tearful saying, I really love my partner still. This is hard for me, but in this circumstance, I'm going to pick the partner who I believe, and I hope that this doesn't make it sound like I'm using this person as a tool, but I'm going to utilize my opportunity in this experience. And I actually appreciated that Tiff was letting Sam know this mm-hmm. and, and talked about it again when they were alone to say, hey, I, I I don't actually see this as like a romantic progression. I do see this as an opportunity to be able to help myself learn how to be a better partner by going through something that's kind of awkward, weird, difficult, brand new. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And she is. Hmm. I'm really interested to see 
I'm really interested to see what continues to happen in this season because we're seeing a lot of toxic behaviors that have been normalized get triggered in people but i'm we're also seeing people work through those triggers with a new person which i love and i'm like ooh, this just goes to show it matters who you're in partnership with because if you're in partnership with someone who isn't willing to like let's implement new ingredients into this relationship let's see what's happening and now what are we going to do as a team to navigate this together right that's healthy relationship conflict resolution and growth. What's not healthy is this is your problem. You're talking, you need to, blah, blah, blah. like, that's not okay, right? So it's like, I just, I really am excited to see the growth that comes from couples who are consciously wanting to work on certain skills that they weren't working on in their other relationships. And I actually think we see that with Tiff at the end of yeah, the fourth do. episode. Yeah, we do. That's who I'm alluding to. So yeah. interesting because that's not what I was expecting. Same. At all. Me neither. Um, Love it. Love to be surprised okay. in a good way. Me too. Um, okay. Where am I? Oh, Okay. Uh, couples I would go do to wanna... their places. Oh, go couples ahead. go to their places. Nope, right there. That's right there. Um, something that stood out to me out of all of the couples, it did feel like Mal and Lexi were sort of the most natural. They clearly like vibe with each other very well. 100%. Yeah. Most natural integration into their new space and new dynamic. It Honestly, it, was, it wasn't feeling... 100% sex forward, but there were no. touches of uh, like sexual teasing. Yeah. And also lots of communication. Like, like how do you like to cuddle? Like, yeah, I love that. I, I have other notes that are not in, in alignment with so much with these feelings that I'm having at this stage of the process a little later, but I'll, I'll wait on that. But it does, it, from this moment, it's like they really feel like a good fit. They're, yeah. They they seem like they're going to be able to handle whatever stress comes up in the the show um, or in this experience as it plays out. And they, they seem playful with each other. They seem to like each other a lot. They seem to connect with each other pretty quickly. And I think that they're kind of in like a weird intimate first date kind of mode. So true. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing but really intimate. well. Yeah. <laughs> And I, um, and I agree the com the amount of communication and the specifics of the way they're communicating is going to be really beneficial if they keep that up. Like it's going so well, like they're talking about bathroom counter space needs, like how about your hair boundaries, which I love. Cause there are some women that are like, don't play with my hair. Don't touch my hair. Right. And Mal, is, Mal is asking like, is this okay? Um, right. so that like these are all things where I think a lot of people laugh that that might it might feel contrived to ask specific questions like that, but it's really not. It's like you you should know like how much counter space does your partner need, right? How much counter space do you need? Do you like your hair being played with or not? Like we should communicate that before we just snap at them for playing with our hair. So it's like this is all good. They're learning each other really efficiently because they're equipping each other with this information. So love it. Great job. I agree. I totally agree. What I don't, what I don't love that Mal does is, is, and I don't know if it was in this early, early stage of moving in together or if it's like maybe a weekend, but 
they're talking to Lexi about like how they could totally see themselves engaged to Lexi. Got you. And it was just kind of like, first of all, Lexi's the one that really is looking for marriage and commitment from from her partner Ray. Yeah. And is like on the show to see if they maybe if she's not going to get it from Ray, can she explore it with other people? But it's and, and what we know about Lexi as the person who get, allows us to get to know her. She is very focused and driven in all areas of her life. And marriage is no exception. She's like, this is what I'm ready for. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm going for. So I do think that someone in the position of Mal, who's like, yes, they, they have said that they want marriage, but they're hesitant with their current partner. I understand that. But they're also like quite quick to tell someone who that means a lot to saying, I could totally see myself marrying you. I just want people to think, yes, it's really nice to say those things and see it received by a person that you care a lot about. It's really nice to make people feel good. And there is so much weight to the things that you say to someone. Please fucking consider that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm interested, like... Ugh, I'm interested to see if Mal really meant that or if she because like there's not a part of me that doesn't think she's being dishonest. I think there's a part of me that she's that she's not being as specific. Like you can see yourself being engaged to me in six weeks from now or you can see yourself being engaged with me six months a year from now. Um, And if you can like see yourself with me in six weeks, but you couldn't see yourself with your partner in six weeks or now after being with them for three to four years, three I would years. like to kind of understand why. Like, I would like to understand what it, and because this is true, this is true. There, I, I do believe that there are certain people who are, might be ready for marriage, but they haven't been with a partner that makes them feel ready for marriage. You know what totally. I mean? I do believe that there is that possibility where maybe Mal, what she was missing with Yoli, she's not missing with Lexi. So that idea feels much more comfortable and stable to her. But I think it's early days to say this. And I want to share something that I do personally in my own life when this stuff bubbles up, because I think that feelings, feelings are fleeting, y'all. Feelings are fleeting. And depending Mm. on the amount of alcohol or substances we've partaken in, depending on the environment that we're in, meaning like, are we on vacation? Are we in a really fun, luxurious, beautiful place? Are we, you know, like what environment are we in? All of these things cater to the way that we're feeling. And so personally, when I feel myself starting to feel big feelings, like maybe it's feelings of love, maybe it's fantasies of marriage, maybe it's fantasies of that. I don't say them the first time that I'm thinking and feeling them. I keep my, those are inside thoughts for me to enjoy. You can still enjoy them, right? I still enjoy them. I take them, I daydream with them. I take them to my bed and I'm like, ooh, that was such a fun thought and feeling to have. But I marinate on them because what really stands the test of time for me and the things that I communicate is how often am I feeling those things and am I feeling those things in different circumstances consistently with this person? Because if that's the case, that most likely means they're they're true. Whereas is this hap- happening in this one eggshell, eggshell, in this one like moment of a, of what is, what is the word I was looking for using eggshell? And like this a container? One, one container, yeah, this one like pocket of a moment, eggshell of a moment. Mm. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, and if that's the case, then I'm not going to say them because that's not true. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, let yeah. yourself marinate on it. Don't say it right away. If it's true, it's going to consistently show up. I do this too. Um, once, 
post-coital, I was like, I love this person. Yeah. And then I remembered. (laughs) And then I remembered. um, (laughs) I am, I'm, I'm, I just had sex and I'm feeling very, I'm feeling, feeling very connected to this person. And there's lots of chemicals that are like flowing between us and myself, period. And I was like, yeah, of course this like feels like love in this moment, but it also like feels like validation and feels happy. And sometimes those things are included in love, but this might not be love right now. So maybe I don't tell this person that I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think labeling like, okay, this is infatuating. Like this is like, and those aren't, those aren't negative words. I think a lot of people are like, I can't admit that I'm infatuated. I can't admit that I'm lusting after this person. It's like, yes, you can. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay to be infatuated. It's okay to be in lust. You know, let's just like surrender to what we're actually feeling instead of trying to make it mean something more than it actually is in this moment. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what ends up happening there. Yeah. With Mal. So let's cut over to Ray and Vanessa okay. coming together in their in their early days. It felt I really strongly disliked it because all in my opinion, all it was was Vanessa trying to love bomb, love bomb, love bomb, love bomb, love bomb, Ray. It like to the point to where it was nauseating. I'm like, can you just stop? Like, can you stop? Yeah. For five minutes, just stop. She and one of those things that was made it very clear to me that that's exactly what was happening is she she told Ray, we're going to build a beautiful life together. That is really interesting. As well as a love bomb. Yeah, it's a future fake, but it's a love bomb because Vanessa has also been quite vocal with Ray's partner, Lexi, saying, I don't see myself getting married. I don't want I don't want further commitment. So like telling someone that you're going to build a beautiful life together, granted, she's telling that to someone who also is not um, big on commitment at this stage of her life. So like, it's not really, it's not hitting the same way that it would have with Lexi or someone like Lexi, you know, but, but she's, she's definitely, you're watching Vanessa try and Ray, Ray's barriers of, of the ones that I'm aware of, because I don't have the whole scope of the ones that I'm aware of is Ray, um, is pretty insecure herself and she doesn't really totally accept compliments or the experience of like truly like really being loved. So someone saying, I love you or like, I love, I, we're going to build a beautiful life together. Ray's just sort of like, he, he, ah, 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 like, what are you saying right now? Yeah. Or like, let's just go to sleep. You crazy lady. Or she's, or she's like, She's just like it. She's she's not comfortable with it. Like it's not it's not really working for her. So because there's these barriers, you're seeing Vanessa be like, "I love you this way, and I'm love bombing you that way, and I'm telling you that there our life is going to be beautiful this way, and so on and so forth." Yeah, it was like nails on a chalkboard for me. And I have a note here, like Ray was following her around like a puppy. Like it was the weirdest thing. Like because Ray like almost didn't, not literally like, oh, I like you so much. Let me follow you around like a puppy. Not like that. What I mean is Ray like didn't know what to do with herself. So she was like zombie-esque, like just like, okay, I'm like, mm. I'm a moon and your gravitational pull is like what it felt like, you know? Right. Um, oh, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah. And she was so shell-shocked. I'm really proud of Ray for finally speaking up because Vanessa like literally was like it was like a a child that had had 20 pounds of cotton candy like it was just like 
it's like oh my god girl like come up for air please mm-hmm. and so ray finally was like i'm not here right now like you could tell like she was so dissociated and then she finally was mm-hmm. like i am not here right now um and it's just like she said she needed a night to like chill um but in her confessional i love that ray was like i'm mostly nervous because now I'm starting to think, like, did some, did everybody else see something that I didn't see? And I love that she at least was curious about that. And I hope what's echoing in her ears is everyone coming to Xander's defense when Vanessa, that whole day, because she witnessed all of that. So I feel for her because I think, I think it's one of those things where, like, have you ever made a decision and you know it was the wrong decision and you're sitting in the fallout of that and you're, like, still kind of like, uh this feels icky because I know in my gut this was a, wasn't the right decision, but I'm still trying to rationalize it and look for why it might be the right decision. I feel like that's what's yes. going on for Ray. Yes, I totally agree. I, I could not describe that better myself. She she t- actually talks about like having like a, a like a the little voice in the back of her head. I do want to tell people that if you're identifying with that like experience that Ray's having in that little voice, that little voice is your intuition and that intuition is usually right. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to just lean in and be like, okay, my intuition is speaking to me. Let me like honor it. If you're in the practice or in that relationship with your intuition in which that's where you're able to pivot and make choices, new choices that change your circumstance and you're ready for that, yes, lean in, do that. But it's also okay to sort of do what Ray's doing where she's like, I'm just choosing to trust the choice that I make right now and I'm going to see what else comes up for me. She didn't really say it like that, but that's kind of what she's alluding to. And that's okay too. That's okay. Sometimes the little voice is there and we're not in the place where we're like, and I know that that's my intuition and I'm following it and I'm going to change course. Sometimes it's like, okay, I'm noticing that. I'm going to bring that little voice along with me. Yeah. Even though I'm going to do the thing that it's going to tell me to not do. That's okay. Yep. Um, I do want to, I do want to say something else about Vanessa because Vanessa had a, a confessional like sort of leading up to her moving in with Ray and Vanessa talks a little bit more candidly because she's alone about her feelings about monogamous relationships and her feelings about marriage and her feelings about why it's challenging for her to be to in the idea of being with just one person. She talks a lot about like for her, she really loves to be able to connect with lots and lots of people. She doesn't want to cut herself off from connecting with lots of different people. Mm-hmm. Now I'm choosing to put aside some of the other red flag behavior that I've seen of her, of the high that she gets from connecting with other people and the way in which she uses that to kind of manipulate people. I'm personally taking ownership of seeing to, I'm removing that just for a second to speak to what it must feel like to be a person who does feel the way that she's describing when she says, I want to connect with lots of people. I want to have beautiful connections with lots of people and not have too many um, too many rules around it because it steps outside of a monogamous agreement. And I do want to say that's valid. And there are people that feel that way and can have healthy connections with many people as they allow themselves and have that agreement with whatever partners they're in relationship with at the time to whatever, whatever degree those relationships are, where those those relationships and those connections are healthy and um, and there's a lot of consent around them and they are 
uh, basically honoring those parts of themselves that really want that experience that is possible. And Vanessa, if you feel that way, this is not the place for you, bro. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing here? I know. I really feel that that's what Lexi was trying to say. Like, she's like, someone needs to tell you to get off this show. Like, this is literally about a show to get married. It's just, okay, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say that. That's all. I can't. Um, I can't. Okay. Let's let's transition to um, Tiff and Mildred. Okay. Let's. Tiff and Mildred. Mildred and Tiff. Um, I think that they like start in as like uh, besties that you just met at camp for the first time. What? Do you mean Tiff and Sam? I mean, no, I mean Mildred and Aussie. That's what I mean. Mildred Thank you for correcting Aussie. me. Okay, great. Yeah. Mildred and Aussie feel like uh, like besties that they met at camp. Um, yes. But, but, you're, but you don't really know each other that well. You just like right now are having a great time and then like things get real and your bestie relationship at camp like no longer becomes grateful that that never happened to you and I but you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah Yeah. oh my god that could have happened to us it was never gonna happen to us no I love you I love you too (laughs) it was never gonna happen to us yeah okay yeah we just like we just like have too much in alignment with each other despite all of our differences at the time that like it was just like you couldn't keep us the universe couldn't keep us apart it still can't keep us apart no I think it generates (laughs) us together it's like y'all we're meant to be on this planet at the same time I totally purposefully I totally agree I totally agree um so that's I know me too so that's not Mildred and Aussie I do think that they start in this place, but the, but yes. that's not what happens. Yeah. No. What do you want to yeah, say? Yeah, it's cute. Like, they express gratitude for each other, um, and then they start to recognize, like, Mildred starts to recognize after the fallout of the whole night that she arrived, she's the one that gave the ultimatum, and I think she was trying to admit, like, there was a purpose, there was a, a part of her that issued the ultimatum to convince tiff to marry her because what mildred goes on to say is i'm starting to realize i might leave here single or maybe with you so i think mildred didn't think that that was going to happen initially which is why she said that i think she was aiming for i'm going to get married to tiff um which just goes to show y'all make conscious decisions do not do that to yourself um But I agree. Like, these two, I think, are still early days, like, learning each other. I think what they bonded over is their character. Like, I think that uh, Mildred gravitates towards Aussie because Aussie has such a wonderful vibe about Aussie. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's there. And not only that, Aussie is very conscious and likes to have those kinds of conversations. So, right. love that about Aussie. Mildred, on the other hand, I think is learning that from Aussie, but I think Mildred possesses some kind of partnership qualities that are going to challenge Aussie. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it gets messy. It does get messy. So do you want to jump into that or are we going to save that? Let's get into it. I want to go there. So this starts to move on to the next episode. So episode four. 
But mm -hmm. what we start to see is like, first of all, love that Aussie is introducing Mildred to her friend. I mean, to their friend, mm -hmm. to Aussie's yeah. friend. We got yeah. there. Um, yeah. And uh, what I think is really great about Aussie's friend is Aussie's like, or I'm sorry, Mo, Aussie's friend is like, you have commitment issues. Like, I know yeah. this about you. So yeah. now you're ready for marriage. You know, yeah. she's asking these conversations that are very like, sh and that might sound super confrontational. However, the way that Mo did it wasn't so confrontational. I think she did right. it from a place of love. Um, and Aussie, she, Mo knows how to communicate with Aussie for it to be received as an actual contemplative question, not a you're ready now type vibe. Right. Right, right, right. Um, so d is there anything with the Mo situation you wanted to add? To no, I, well, I mean, I guess yes, because I'm going to keep talking. But I, I think like, I think Mo is pointing out something that Aussie also knows is true about themselves, which is like, Aussie wasn't ready for marriage, has like a couple, like a week long of conversations with yeah. Mildred and others. And is like, oh my God, the idea of marriage, that sounds so great. Like, I think I could be ready for that. And Mo isn't putting that expectation that that's not possible for Aussie to develop into, but Mo's just like, hey, like, let's be super real here. Do you really feel that way? And Aussie is being honest because they feel safe with their best friend, Mo, yes. and it says, you know, I still have barriers around it. I still, I still have a lot of fear. And I think that that is true. Like, like I think if, if Aussie was familiar with parts work, what Aussie could have done in that moment is like, there is a part of me that is feeling more warmed up to the idea of marriage. And there's still a part of me that feels very scared and fearful and very clung to the things that brought me to this place with my current, my original partner yeah. that said, yeah, I don't know if I can do marriage. And I, I don't know how Mildred would have handled hearing the, the duality of, ha of Aussie holding on both, but instead Mildred just heard what felt like flip-flopping and yeah. Mildred didn't like that. And I think that that was actually triggering for Mildred. Um, and I think Mildred was just like, I'm tired of this. Like yeah. you're like, you want marriage or you don't. And I'm just sort of like, my personal note for Mildred is like, did you really see Aussie as a potential partner for you? Maybe that's true. But, or are you just so jaded by people, namely your ex-partner Tiff yeah, yeah. telling you you're that they're not ready and you're feeling like I am ready and I want marriage and I want my wife and I want my partner and I want to move on with my family and I like you can want all of those things but you cannot steamroll people into it and you also can't I'm gonna say it you can't be fucking mad at them when they're struggling with what this stuff means to them no. You can't be mad at them. You can no. feel upset about it's the impact of it on your life. You can't be mad with them. They're just people and they're no. struggling and they're mean and they they're well-meaning, well-intentioned people that are having an idea, a hard time with something that is as big of a deal as marriage. Yeah. 100%. Um look if you resonate with how Mildred is feeling, like you either want to be in a relationship or you don't, you either want to be with me or you don't, you either want marriage or you don't, right? Um, a lot of times this is stemming from an abandonment wound where you're looking for a guarantee before you yourself feel fully safe in the relationship. Mm. 
And I really feel like that's what's coming online for Mildred right now. Is there some kind of trauma in her past where any kind of dual feelings of like, I like the idea of marriage and simultaneously I have this fear. That for them is the equivalent to abandonment just because of the human experience of like, oh, Mm. yes, of course. We can all, how many times have you wanted like an ice cream sundae and, you know, chocolate or sorry, like potato chips at the same time? Like they're two completely different things. And it doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. one is better and one is, this is such a silly example, but go with me. It doesn't mean that one is better and one is the other one, nor are you going to look at me and be like, how can you want two different things? And then like, that's going to irate you. Like that's not the, we're allowed to desire or have different things flowing through different emotions, throwing, flowing through our bodies at the same time, even emotions that are completely contradictory of, of, of each other. I, how Mm -hmm. many times have you been sad and laughed at the same time? Right? Mm -hmm. Like it's Mm -hmm. possible. So I want to just say, like, if you aren't going to, if you're finding that you are triggered by hearing someone express their human experience to you of duality, that is mirroring within you a part of you that doesn't feel they're allowed to feel multiple things at once. It's like, I have to want this and be 100% in or else. And the reason that is most likely coming up for you is because there's some wound in your past that is causing you to look outside of yourself for guarantees from other people for you to feel safe. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just, I really think that that's what's going on with Mildred and why she's tripping over uh, this idea of marriage. And even with Aussie, because I agree with you, I personally, and I am 100% ready to own this, I don't truly think Mildred views Aussie as someone who would be the right partner for Mildred. I really don't. I think that she is just wanting to be chosen. And I think a lot of people mm. out of desperation to be chosen, um, hyper fixate on these types of words mm. and behaviors. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. And then we see it again when, and, and I, I, there's a lot of validity in the things that Mildred brings up about her frustrations with living with Aussie. Um, yeah. But the way that she deals with it is not, it's not ever conducive to allow for Aussie to like show up and like, like meet Mildred halfway. But, um, Mildred's upset that like Aussie really doesn't cook, that Aussie sleeps in. So Mildred's always cleaning and it's like, Mildred, yes, you have preferences, but Aussie's also like on sort of a different schedule than yours, but because it's not your schedule, that that means that they're doing it wrong. And and I understand, like Aussie did, was making promises of like, I'm gonna cook for you and blah, blah, blah. And Mildred's like, I didn't get that. I was really excited about that, but I'm the one cooking for us. And I'm the one holding, like, I'm cleaning, I'm cooking, you're sleeping. Valid, valid. But the way that she was talking about it was very contemptuous and very, like, it was very challenging. And it caused Aussie to shut down. And it's interesting, both Sam and Aussie recognize that Aussie struggles with confrontation, but... I think that I've also seen Aussie have lots of confrontational conversations, but when they feel safe, Aussie is less likely to shut down. When Aussie is being positioned as, is under attack, and that, or at least that's, that's how it translates for Aussie, that's when Aussie shuts down. Yeah. Yeah, um, so Mildred definitely had some contemptuous language and she triangulated Aussie 
um, by saying, you're lucky because when Tiff cooks, I don't help her at all. Um, right. Which is really messed up. And so, of course, Aussie is going to shut down because they're being compared. To a partner and, that's not even in the room. Yeah. So it's just – and, like, how is that constructive? How is that ever constructive? Um, and so – Aussie also in the middle of this chimes in and says, you're right. I'm going to put more of an effort in next week. So Mildred already got what she was looking for, which is Aussie to own up to, you know, being, being capable of more than they've been contributing. Um, And paired with the promise to do better. And here's where it really gets icky for me is Mildred continues to keep, hammering home her point that wasn't enough for her and i i really want to i really want to say like wave a giant red flag here um because that when your partner has owned up to your right and i'm gonna do better next week and you continue to berate or or shut it down or whatever you are teaching your partner it's you're they're not safe enough yeah. And, and, and also, it's also it's never, never enough. enough. And and so many other belief systems. Like they're not safe. They that you're always gonna view them in this way. There's so many different things that insert here. And so we need it is our first and foremost responsibility in relationship to establish safe feedback, safe confrontation from the get-go. Because if you don't do it from the start, and that is their first conflict resolution, and Aussie's experiencing that. And it's Mm -hmm. early days, y'all. If this is the Mm -hmm. best behavior, what's going to happen when they get more comfortable? So Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I just really feel for Aussie. And um, I think Mildred is capable of growth here. And so what I would like, and I, and this is, this is, let me rephrase what I just said. I believed Mildred was capable of growth until I hear her conversation with Sam at the group date. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Can we go there? We're just going to finish yeah, out this couple. There. Yeah, so let's do it. We go, we go to the group date and I, or not ironically or coincidentally, I'm sure this was planned purposefully. Um, Mildred is in a group with Sam, Aussie's original partner. Yeah. And Mildred starts to grill Sam around well how'd you conflict with how'd you communicate with her because i'm trying to and she just shuts down and da 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 and all this stuff and sam very sam is the most conscious person out of the entire group she very calmly is explains aussie's avoidant and you need to wait until she until aussie feels calm and safe to sit down and have Mm -hmm. that conversation and mildred Mm -hmm wastes no time and is like well how does she get there how does aussie get there and mill or sorry sam starts to express she usually needs to meditate sorry aussie needs to meditate Mm -hmm. and so um mildred then chimes in and goes screw that she's 42 she needs to learn how to figure like figure it out and that at my point is like you're not open to influence then you're not open to growth if that's gonna be the stance that you stubbornly stick your stake in the ground in because i don't care if you're 42 72 105 trauma is trauma is trauma and you know the fact that sam knows that about aussie means aussie knows that about aussie 
Right. Because <laughs> they've had That's that enough. kind of conversation. And so really, it's not about demanding your partner communicate or do things in the way that you want them to. It's, I see my partner for the whole, W-H-O-L-E, the whole human that they are. Mm. And I'm choosing to embrace skills that allow me to communicate with my partner as a whole, as the whole mm -hmm. human that they are. Not, mm -hmm. I'm going to take this human partner of mine and make them communicate in my way, make them cook and clean in my way. That will never work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's so true. No, I thought that that was beautiful. And um, I, I it, it's very clear that Mildred doesn't have any space for that, which no. me, like, the thing is, is like, if you are not willing to let someone regulate themselves so that they can be in a place to have a conversation, then you are constantly setting them up for failure. What and do you yourself. want someone to do? Yeah. 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 Honestly, I'm glad you said that. And yourself. You're not giving your relationship an opportunity to grow beyond its current satisfaction level. If you are not willing to listen and learn from your partner's like ways of allowing themselves to meet you in that conversation. I know, I know Mildred that you want to have Aussie available for that conversation exactly when you want it. I get that, that you're not wrong for wanting that, but it's just not going to fucking work for you. And it's not going to yeah. work for you with anyone. No, that's not how people no. work. We, we can't just rush ourselves to have like, escalated conversations or hard conversations on tight timelines on your on one person's timeline so like yeah if Aussie needs to meditate for 40 minutes before Aussie is ready to talk to you about the thing that you're so heated about let them do that and if you're not patient enough to do that then you're not the right person for that partner and I'm definitely not about to see someone someone's efforts to regulate themselves so that they can have a difficult conversation something that they're very fearful of and have that fact weaponized against them that's fucking bullshit it is fucking bullshit thank you thank you yeah um so I I really honestly feel for Aussie because I have this feeling that Aussie being in a relationship with Mildred is going to um, pour salt on Aussie's wounds instead of aid in healing them. And probably not make the idea of marriage more attractive. Absolutely um, not. Or I maybe do... with Sam, make it more attractive, you know? Cause I now know, she... I was thinking that too. I really hope that they, I think that they might, I think that they might go through this entire experiment together and come back together and see, because now let's go to Sam and Tiff. Let's make a lateral yeah, shift. Please, please. So we see very similar behaviors like demonstrated by Mildred with Tiff. Ironic. I mean, not ironically at all. Mildred and Tiff were original partners that came in together. Now we're seeing them treat their new partners in, in ways that they most likely treated each other. Because Tiff also triangulates Sam. Yeah. Um, with the dog. Sam has a, or I'm sorry, Tiff has a husky, beautiful pup who, sh yeah. who Tiff feels very strongly about. And I, and rightfully so. I love my dog. Tiff loves their dog, right? Yeah. Um, but again, 
Tiff is coming at the dog situation very much my way or the highway and then sprinkling in the triangulation of, and oh, by the way, when I was with Mildred, this is what she did. And I love that Sam caught that and was like, well, I'm not Mildred, <laughs> which mm -hmm. by the way, if you're ever triangulated is the best way to re respond to triangulating. Cause it's like, I'm not that mm -hmm. person. Um, mm -hmm. And, but, and then she also starts to try and express like, us like yelling at each other right now, like isn't the vibe. Um, right. And so Tiff, however, digs in even more and is like, I'm just, I'm not asking you to care. I'm just asking you to act like you care about my dog. It's not that hard. Like what the F do I need to do? And she's like yelling this at her. And Sam is now to the point to where she's so dysregulated. She's crying and standing in the corner on the opposite side of the room. Like, whew. Yeah. And so we need to understand a few things. One, raising our voice is not going to create a safe space. And when we're not feeling safe, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in the nervous system that cause conscious, like list, active listening to be very challenging. Um, mm -hmm. And again, you're not gonna be able to have a conversation. What these two really need to do was like, take a time out, allow themselves to regulate, come to a safe space, and then actually have a conversation. But the thing that I really wanna hit home that Tiff is not hearing and Sam keeps trying to articulate is, I'm not saying the dog can't sleep in the bed with us. I'm not saying the dog can't be here. All she said was, I don't like my feet to feel claustrophobic. So that just means I wanna put the dog in a place where my feet don't feel claustrophobic. That's it. Right. And if she's right. not gonna love on your dog the way that you want her to love on your dog, then like, Stop trying to force that to happen. She's her own person. She gets to choose. And I highly doubt that Sam is not loving. Like, yeah, it's right. just weird. And that's what, she, and that's what she keeps weird. trying to say. She keeps yeah. trying to be like, I am, I love dogs and I'm, and I'm really nurtured. And she, you see her get really emotional trying to defend herself yeah. because this is clearly like a part of her, her character that she knows is true and she, and she values. And what I'm noticing in this moment is that she's like, she can feel like her boundaries are being pushed and someone who it because of their emotional response is yeah. trying to tell sam who sam is and sam's like don't try to put me paint, paint me as this person who doesn't care about dogs who doesn't love dogs who doesn't want dogs to feel safe and okay and happy like i care about dogs i care about me too that's what she's saying yes and and Tiff is like n really like making lots of assumptions. Like, and Netflix does this funny thing with their edits where we like don't have all of the information. And so what I'm learning is the they husky is that. big, but the they love to do that. The husky is also very old. So I think the reason why the the hus like Tiff's dog being in the bed with them is so important is because it must be like historically what has been the most comfortable for the dog and Tiff in the dog's old age. And because this is like t challenging for like Tiff and the dog and the dog being so old, Sam having any, any measure of, hey, I just want us to consider like what works for me, what makes me feel comfortable. Tiff interprets that as you don't care about my dog. I can't believe you don't yeah. give a shit about my dog. I can't believe that I'm living here with a person that doesn't give a shit about my dog. Like, what kind of person are you? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really wild. I I have yikes in all caps here. Um, and so here's where at least we have a U-turn. They take time apart. 
They come back together over a meal, and Tiff starts by saying, you know, we need a time apart to chill. Um, and then Tiff asked a question that was like earlier today when I was, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Um, yeah. But she says, when I cried and I raised my voice, did that like hurt you? And Sam was like, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, it did. And um, but what I think is great here, and I also want to, I want to give Tiff a pat on the back because here's the one step in the healing journey that she's made. She recognizes, and I quote here, I quote Tiff here, she says, I felt out of my body, right? She was describing a dysregulated nervous system, right? And so I love that she can at least sense that because here's, here's where I hope Tiff takes that is when I am feeling this way out of my body, I know this isn't a sign that I'm, I'm incapable of communicating effectively right now, right? Mm -hmm. And so now what I hope Tiff does moving forward is now that she's aware of that, she can actually call a timeout to be able to give herself that time, like she said, to separate and chill before having the conversation. That's the baseline to any healthy, healthy conflict resolution. It's not something that we should shame or, or judge or think like someone's less emotionally intelligent if they need a timeout. It's actually quite the opposite. Asking for a break is the healthiest conscious thing you can do when you're mm. feeling not in your body when you're trying mm -hmm. to communicate. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited to see what Sam can teach Tiff because again, the clarity that Sam has from her relationship with Aussie around attachment styles and how to navigate that is going to be transfer transferable in her relationship with Tiff. Now the question is, is Tiff truly open to that influence? Because if she is, Tiff is going to make ridiculous relationship progress just allowing Sam to show her by leading by example, like how you can have healthy conflict resolution. Right. I, I think what we start to see, we haven't really like after that conversation, we don't really get to see Tiff and Sam in action, but by the time we get to the, like group. people are getting together. Yeah. The group settings, um, we see Mildred challenging Sam and Sam, I think in a way of trying to defend herself, she's like, actually, like, me and Tiff are, have been working on communication. And Tiff, basically, she's kind of like talking about Tiff as like a proud, like, yeah. teacher. Yeah. She's like, actually, Tiff is learning how to communicate pretty well with me, actually. And yeah. you'd be surprised what Tiff's doing. Yeah. I think she said that I've, I complete, I was so happy she did say that because Mildred really needs to realize you're the common denominator here, babe. Like, you know, and, and, Yo. and I say that with so much love because it's like, I was too. We all are. We're all the common denominator of our experiences. If you've had a history of relationships where conflict was really toxic, look at yourself and see it. That doesn't mean the other person wasn't contributing to toxicity. Let me be very clear here. But what it does mean is that you have the opportunity to look at the pattern that you've been in and the pattern you want to change and say, how can, how do I contribute to this? And what can I do differently next time? And that's when your healing starts to really compound because if you start to look at that in every single area of your life, like here's this pattern again, what can I do? It allows you to take intentional decisions um, that, allow you to have a new result, right? Like you can't keep doing, it's that saying with insanity, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You need to insert new ingredients and those ingredients start with you. So 
I, I really loved that Sam said that, and I really hope Mildred chews on that and is like, oh, shoot. So if Sam had a decent relationship with Aussie and could communicate, and now she's in a relationship with my ex of four years and is starting to communicate better with her, then what is it about me that I need to alter here to get a better end result? You know, it doesn't mean yeah. you're a good person or a bad person. We all have our shit. It's our responsibility to handle our shit. The end. Word. Yeah. To your mother. All right. Who's to your mother. Uh, we got to go back to Lexi and Mal and Ray and Vanessa. Oh, my God. Xander and Yoli. Let's talk about right. Xander and Yoli really quickly. Right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just sort of blast on through. But basically, Xander and Yoli start to connect in their, like, new shared space. And we're sort of getting – we're sort of seeing them spend time together as we're getting Yoli's context of what – being in a relationship with new people has been like for Yoli. And for her, it's sort of been like a slow roll as sort of a physical progress progression and feeling emotionally safe and physically safe with partners. And she's saying it, it has taken me a lot of time. It's even taken me a lot of time with my ex-partner Mal. And what we're seeing is she continues to be really drawn to Xander. She's wanting to touch Xander they're like cuddling a little bit they're they're doing a little like stroke like you know non-super sexual stroking like touching uh stuff and then we see their physical relationship really like kick into gear in a natural way they talk about it a little bit too they yeah they, they talk, talk about it they and they we learn after they we also learn that they have sex um, that they talked about what it, their own sex life, their own like interests, th their relationship with sex a lot more than we got to see on the show. Honestly, I would have rather seen that than like just them having sex in like their bedroom cam. Yeah. But of course, this is a television show and they think that all we care about is just seeing them do stuff and like that's Which is all so funny. We're watching bed sheets move around people like come on. Now. I know and really... also like I do think about their privacy like I yeah. mean I know that they're on the show but like I would have loved to like overstep their privacy and be into the world of how they communicate about their sex life than to actually right. see them engage in their sex life. I don't really exactly. care to see that but but yeah. but so anyway, I think that it's so funny because afterwards, after they 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 like have that night together, the next day, Xander was like, you know, we've talked about it so much. You know, it's one of those things where I I knew it was going to be great. Yeah, I knew it was going to be great. I can vouch for this because I've had very similar experiences when I talk about sex, even with someone that I'm dating new or a friends with benefits situation or previous partners. The more that we talk about it and what we want to do, what we would try, what is down the road for us, what we can do better now. Like it really actually, um, I have something about this that I need to share. Yeah. Um. I have something about this that you're going to like crack up, but it's, it's so great. Um, you know, it's, it, it really empowers us as a partner, as a team, like as a couple mm -hmm. to have better and better sex. Um, this was about the, let me lick your finger the way I want you to lick me conversation we had privately. Yes. So oh my God. can we talk, can I share about a go, real life go, experience? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So Bri and I were talking privately about like giving partners feedback for sex and because we never ever want it to come across like what you're doing isn't good enough, right? We don't want to like make our partner feel shame or not good enough ever. And so Bri and I were kind of piggybacking on like different ways that we can sexy, like make, like give that feedback without it coming across weird. And so, or like, again, shamey. Or or unnatural as well. Unnatural. Yeah. yeah. And so what Bri and I were talking about is like, what if we licked their finger the way they wanted to lick us? Like that was something we Mm -hmm. were like, let's play with that. So Mm -hmm. I share this with um, my partner and uh-huh. um he, he was like mm-hmm. or we could even do like a simon says like while i'm doing it to you you can lick mm-hmm. my finger and i will mimic what you do to my finger on you in real time <laughs> yeah so he, he took the exercise and made it way sexy so wow um, but this wow. is he, this is he modded this up is, he did, but like, come on now, y'all. Like, this is the partnership we want, right? Like, don't mm-hmm. we want us to be comfortable having these conversations and then allowing for them to be like, I'll take you and raise you, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is this is what allows for for that kind of exploration and that kind of intimacy to really grow. So um, yeah. I wanted to share that as a real life tip for anybody listening, um, but also it's a maze. So use that exercise simon says we're simon saysing sex and sexual activity um and yeah it's true it's it like it's not going to get worse because you're talking about it no it'll only it's going to get it's only going to get better because you're talking about it and and that's also something i've been playing around with which is like the the science is proving the results are significant the results are significant and it's working and it's case in point yoli and xander are very connected right now exactly yeah and they're hot together like i love watching them together i'm like oh my god i love can i come to the wedding like i love you two together i agree Um, i think that they look really good together and it has nothing to do with what they actually look like but they're just connected they do look good together though too they do. And so something that I really think is cute that Xander does is she says thanks to Yoli for letting her have access to her in that way, which I thought was really romantic and cute in a mm-hmm. way. Um, mm-hmm. Because it is. It's like you you level up your relationship when you have sex. And like the more that you grow in that way as well, like it just feels like this ever-growing beautiful thing. So love that Xander did that. And then Yoli reassures Xander by being like, I like you. I like you more than I thought I would. And so if I'm being Mm -hmm. honest, it might complicate things, but you know, she's at least communicating to Xander, like I'm in this with you. Like, yeah, I like you too. And we're going to need to I have a question because we're about to talk about some stuff that sort of opens up the, the debate of like, is having sex in this experience with new partners like a betrayal, a breach of trust. Um, And I'm just curious, and I'm curious what you think about this group of people. It's not really specific about them, but like any group of people that's in this experience, do you think that like the trial partner, the trial marriage experiences, like sex should be off limits? Um, My, what I want to say is everyone decides that for themselves. And I also want to say, if you are calling your previous partner an ex and you are doing a trial marriage and you are calling the person that you're in living with now for the next three months, or sorry, three weeks, three months, that would be a real test of of 
trial marriage. Yeah, marriage. Um, <laughs> three weeks. Uh, if you are if you are testing that out and you really want to take this experiment, I personally am of the belief system. Of course, you're going to have sex, right? Right. Um, right. If you are asexual or maybe you don't have many sexual needs in a relationship, because there are people out there who don't. Yeah, of course don't need that as much, then maybe not, but you get to decide. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm just curious because it's like we see Xander and Yoli explore their sexuality as a very natural part of their connection right. that they're exploring as well. Um, the the non-sexual parts of their connection and sex is just one part of it. And so it's, it's clearly important to both Yoli and Xander. Again, cut to... Vanessa saying that Xander was asexual. Yeah, right. Which, which is so interesting. And again, like that truly doesn't represent asexuality like properly. I think Vanessa like used weaponized asexuality in that moment a couple episodes ago. But it's it's so. But so we're seeing that, and it's and and it's not coming to the surface. Whereas we see, and I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. Vanessa and Ray have a night where their intimacy kind of escalates. I am curious, like, truly how Ray felt um, leading up to this experience and how truly Vanessa felt leading up to this experience and afterwards. But um, they end up having sex, and they and Ray is, like, overwhelmed with guilt and shame the next day. And so yeah. tells, like, calls Lexi and tells Lexi about it. Because I yeah. think that that, and I understood why Ray did that as well. Me too. Like, it felt like Ray was like, oh my God, I, I broke the contract with my partner. And for Lexi and Ray, it feels like that contract was still very much intact. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if they talked about it before they went into their new environments with new people. Mm. Yeah, we don't know. Um, can I guess at how Ray was feeling? Can yeah. I just insert my own ideas? We're always prepared to be wrong, but for the sake always. of maybe being right, I have a hypothesis. let's say it. Um, yeah. I have a po- hypothesis because I feel like I've been with people who are like Vanessa, who have like very wild, loud personalities that, and there's a difference between naturally having a loud, wild personality. I feel like I have a natural, loud, wild personality, but it ebbs, like, I also, I ebb and flow with my life and like where, what I'm doing, the environment, right? Like I'm not always turned up to 100 no matter who I'm with and where I'm at, right? Right, So right, right, right. Um, I think there's a difference between a genuine personality in that way and something that's using to, like you're using that kind of personality to manipulate. And in the case of Vanessa, I do feel that it's using that kind of personality to manipulate. Um, because what we're seeing is a lot of love bombing and the types of different behaviors that fall under the category of love bombing are the sex bombing things, the future faking things, the mirroring things, all of that are versions of love bombing. And that's really all we've seen from Vanessa. We haven't seen any emotional depth. The most emotional depth I've seen from Vanessa is her being honest about the, how monogamy turns her off. Like that's really the most emotional depth I've seen from her thus far. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When someone like Ray who lacks a solid sense of self, who is kind of at a place in their life where they're like, I don't know what I want. And they're in an environment like that where it's like, sit on my face, you're so hot, we're gonna make a life together, da 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 sex, 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 sex. Watch me get my nipples pierced, right? And then shove right. your nipples in my face later because right. she says that, right? 
I really feel that Ray fawned, was in a fond response, mm. which is also known as people pleaser response. And I think that she yielded, that's the best way to describe it, to having some form of sex with Vanessa because Ray was hoping that that would make her enjoy this experience better. I think also she was just bombarded by Vanessa's like, this is what we do. This is what we're going to do. This is what's going to happen. This is what the expectation mm -hmm. is. And so I think Ray did it to do it for probably a whole mixed bag of reasons that I could sit here and hypothesize about, but I'm just going to lead with those two. And that's why the next morning she felt so much shame. It's because she made a decision that wasn't truly what she wanted to do. It was out of alignment with what she wanted for uh, herself. Yeah. And I think that shame and guilt caused her to go to the one person that's in this experiment who could even somewhat understand what she's going through for comfort mm. and validation and forgiveness. And that's why she mm. called that. So it's just like, I, I, I want everyone who's listening to like, really what I wish Ray would do is to sit Vanessa down for a chat and be like, I understand that you're sound. It sounds like you're a very hyper-sexualized person and that's amazing. And I'd really love for us to talk about something other than sex because right. I'm starting to feel peer, peer pressured and I'm not ready to have sex of any kind yet. Just kind of feels like a lot. Just kind of feels like there's no yeah. room for us to talk about anything else. Just kind of feels like... Um, if I don't match your level of sexual excitement, then I'm the one that's in the wrong here. There's yeah. so many different ways to be able to, to, to bring that up and sort of break through. And you will find, especially with someone like Vanessa, whose behaviors are hard to assess their like authenticity at best, um, you will find out everything that you need to know about where you stand with that person in those moments when you like bring that stuff up. Yeah. But it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for Ray to find her voice, it seems. Yeah. I Ray, out of everyone on the show, is the hardest for me to read. To read. The only time I could read her and hypothesize about anything is that. Yeah. <laughs> but she, and you know what? And there's a reason an for that. There's a good reason for that. Exactly. She, poor girl has so many walls up and it's like, I'm so curious to know because she also simultaneously, like I really vibe with Lexi. I think Lexi's a dope human. And so it's like, whatever Lexi sees in Ray, like I'm sure there's something there that we haven't seen on this show yet. You know what I mean? And I wish mm -hmm. Ray felt more at peace with herself and confident in who she is to present that to the world on this show. Um, but that's not the case. And so there's, I, I want to give her a hug. Like, I really feel like mm -hmm. Ray's inner child is like, somebody just let me know that I'm going to be okay. Like, I really yeah. feel that that's, I just want to wrap her up in my arms and have a combo with her. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Not in a non-sexual way, Ray, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Friend way. We're here for you. Um so then we have Lexi and Mal. Lexi is upset. Um, it's so interesting to see parallel to one another how Vanessa is supporting Ray as Ray is like, this is why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling and I'm having a hard time with this. And Vanessa's really kind of just like minimizing it, shooting it down a little bit, making light out of it. 
Um, also violating her privacy by saying what they did. And you could tell Ray kind of was like, we know what we did. Like, you don't need to tell the camera. Cause like, right. That was also something I thought I was like, hell yeah, Ray. That was the most like fire. Like I'm going to stand up for myself right now. Energy that I've seen. Yeah. But her. you know what? Lexi, Lexi broke that privacy later on as well, which I, I, I have, I have frustrations with Lexi. I know that they come just from her being a human being, but so I don't have frustrations yeah. from Lexi being upset about what no. she learned. Yeah. That is normal. I, I mean, like, there's a I, – I wish that she could also, like, use duality here to say, like, there's a part of me that's really hurting from my partner having sex with someone else. And there's a part of me that's also still exploring the possibility of a real relationship or a sexual relationship with you, Mal, who I have been – giving signals to that I am sexually attracted. So there's, there's, there's a, listen, with duality, there is also hypocrisy, but there is a little bit of hypocrisy there. Just, just a smidge. Um, however, the point of why I'm bringing this up is like, Mal is so supportive. This yeah. was hot. I was like, yeah. Mal, if you could just be my partner, like, I need you to die. I need you to cool it down for me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because Mal was just like right there, yeah, right there. So like, and physically got closer with Lexi because like they could tell that Lexi was like feeling really vulnerable. Um, but yeah. it wasn't like a closing in on like, I'm going to like make you feel better with my body because of sex. I'm going to make you feel better with my body because you're a person who's needing connection right now in your vulnerable place and yeah. validates Lexi about how she's feeling and expresses understanding. And um, also like it sort of does like a fix it or feel it check in. And it's just like, ooh. Yeah. I was really glad that Lexi had that from Mal. I feel bad Agreed. about Mal. And I also like that Mal acknowledged for themselves to be like, selfishly, this kind of fucks up my own processing because this is a thing that we're dealing with that you weren't expecting to be emotionally thrown by. And I don't know what the, how this is going to land for you. I think that Mal sort of anticipating, is this going to cause like Lexi to totally disconnect from me in the time that we have you and I both know that this is really an, an opportunity for them to navigate something really difficult together in partnership with one another. Yeah. 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 And, um, so agree. Don't want to add anything to that. 100% Mal killed it. And then we fast forward. I think she also killed it here. Should we fast forward yeah. to the group outing? Ray and Mal are in the same group. Ray invites Mal to go get a drink with her. They get up to the bar and Ray actually apologizes to Mal for calling and being like, hey, not sure how this impacted you. I was in my thing. And Mal actually took a moment to just be a, a friend in a way to Ray and was like, look, if I was in your position, I wouldn't have called my partner to tell them what I did. But I get it. Yeah. And you did what you yeah. did. And I appreciate you like owning it and coming to me. We're good. We're squashing it moving on. Right. And I right. loved that. I loved that about both of them. I love that Ray was like, let me own this. Cause it's also low key. Isn't fair to Mal. And then right. Mal was like, yeah, you're right. And let's, we're moving on, you know? Right. Um, so Mal's really, dope. Mal is she's dope. so dope. She's mm -hmm. so dope. Yeah. Let's be friends. Um, I love it. I love it. I love them. 
So, um, do we have anyone else? Uh, we just have what happens at the round table when Vanessa and Lexi and Z oh yeah Z I mean the only thing I want to say about Xander is like every time now Xander is on like the hella hella defense when it comes to Vanessa mm -hmm. they don't really need to be Xander could tolerate just like listening to hear what people have to say and they can choose whether they want to take it in or not there's yeah. something that's powerful in choice even while other people have a lot to say and you just like sitting back and hearing it and be like thank you for sharing your thoughts if you really don't subscribe to it objectively take yourself out but it's the it's the um the the candle the flame never going out for Vanessa to defend her that feels like a evidence of of someone who's being abused in their relationship yeah it really does it really does we've yeah seen that's all I wanted abused. to say about that Technically, we've te we've technically we've seen her be abused already in real time on this show. So it's just like mm -hmm. I can't imagine how much of that was taking place without cameras uh, for the four years before. Um, and and Xander talked about it. Xander was like, Vanessa's not always nice. Like Vanessa's not always like supportive. Like so, yeah, babes. Yeah, babes. We're moving on, Xander. I, no, babes. Yeah. Bye, bye. Um. Okay. So what are we ditching? Um, we are ditching. We are ditching the inability to see ourselves as part of the relationship challenges in the patterns that we experience. That's huge. I'm speaking to Mildred. Yeah. M Mildred is a really good example of something that we all do. Something that I also have done, which is like, I mean, I was even saying it to you before we got on, like this, like sometimes in being in relationships always feels really hard for me. Like getting to this point in a relationship always feels hard. I really want it to be easy. And then as I was saying it, I was like, whoa, <laughs> it can't always just be that way because it's just my luck. It's just my luck. Why me? I like hate this, like fuck my life mentality because if it's always happening to me from my experience, then I'm contributing to it reoccurring in my life. And I think that Mildred is not yet seen how Mildred contributes to the challenging dynamics that make it difficult for Mildred to access the safe, secure love that she does deserve. 100%. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I say that we ditch uh, triangulating our partners. You guys, this is never yeah. helpful. And it's something that so many people have normalized. Like, my ex wouldn't do that. My ex would do this. It's been done to me. My ex would watch horror movies with me. It's like, why? Why? What? What are you really trying to say with that? You're trying mm -hmm. to shame me. You're trying to make me feel bad because I'm not doing something the way that you want me to do it. Triangulating mm -hmm. never, ever, ever, ever build safety or intimacy in relationships. So we need to stop doing it. It actually mm -hmm. causes a lack of safety and a lack of intimacy. So we're putting triangulating down, y'all. We're not talking about exes like that ever. No. Ever. No. 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 We are not comparing our partners to our exes ever. We can right. talk about exes. We would we should talk about that in a future. Okay. How we talk debunk about exes. Yeah, debunk the like debunk the myth that like you should never talk about exes with like someone that you're dating. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. 
my we will talk about that noted Let's next week it. next week yeah. our opener we're gonna talk about that specifically because i love this topic okay yeah if you guys liked this uh episode please screenshot it share it to the gram share it to your friends copy that link and spam everybody with it um and when you tag us on the gram or i'm saying make sure to tag us at dish script pod and we'll share it and spread the love um if you have a question you want us to answer head to dishdescriptpod.com and then going back to uh social media if you're not following us on yet on instagram or tiktok then make sure you do so at dish pod am i missing anything no you crush it okay crush leave it. us a rating and review that's it yeah love yeah. you oh yeah love we'll you we'll see you later happy pride bitches Woo! happy pride gays love you